So, you know, as the person who's responsible for content creation, what do you look for uh, in a story before you accept it? So, you know, I do a lot of, I'm, I head acquisitions for MX and I do a lot of content which is already, uh, you know, made. And uh, at some points, yes, we do look at some some stories. Essentially, for example, Ashram was made by our original content team. But in terms of a lot of the other content that we do, uh, we look for, you know, I personally look for relevance and stickiness. Mm-hmm. You know, when you see content, you know, uh, you know, who you're buying it for. So what I look for today for the MX audience will be different from what I look for, let's say, if I'm in another company tomorrow or another audience. Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons knowledge, experience, and wisdom from hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. If you're new to the channel, please consider subscribing to it and hit the bell icon so that you never miss an update. Our episodes go live at 1 p.m. and 7 p.m. every day. I'm your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted and privileged to welcome a very, very senior person from the OTT world, from the media world, Mansi Srivastav. Mansi, welcome to the show. Thank you, Ashutosh. Thank you for the kind introduction. Thank you. Mansi is the senior VP of MX Player. She was earlier with AQT Network, Movies Now, Romedy Now, ENTV, Zoom, and others. So, Mansi, let's talk about MX Player and OTT. Uh, tell me about the kind of things that you do on the MX Player platform, other than videos. Other than videos, yeah. So, MX Player, um, it was actually, interestingly, uh, just an app, an offline app, which was being used. Uh, in India way before we went live in the current, you know, form of MX Player. And it was, mm-hmm. you know, like a VLC or a Windows Media Player. You used to use it just to watch videos that were cycled. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, about three years back, uh, we realized that, okay, there is an app here and there is a audience base, which is massive, it's captive. Mm-hmm. And they're using, you know, the app and they're watching content on this. So, you know, it's it's been a unique history in that sense compared to most other, all other OTTs, which, you know, sort of, have the content first, then go live, and then there is an acquisition model for users. You know, you develop users and you enhance and grow, uh, grow your uh, customer base. Mm-hmm. With us, we had the reverse because we had all of the users; they were sitting there, and we then had to provide the content. So it's been, uh, you know, it's been an offline app generally, and now we've converted, you know, majority of our users to online. And other than video, we do actually, you know, have a lot of other components that, that are really strong and significant. And, you know, one of them being gaming, there's esports. Uh, we do have, you know, a music uh, app, which is integrated within, within, this, um, mm-hmm. within this current platform. And uh, we also have our latest, uh, you know, Takatak, which is a short form video app, uh, you know, which, which has um, users, influencers, UGC essentially, you know, created uh, across various languages, various genres. It's pretty diverse, and video being, of course, still the mother main, uh, you know, function. Yeah, yeah. Um, and again, for our viewers and listeners, two of the very popular ones that I just watched on MX Player, one was Ashram, and the other was Bisat. That's know, right. Both outstanding uh, shows. Yeah, so, you're. you're You've seen the the latest one, and Ashram was, of course, very massive. <laughs> yes, uh, yes. This app is just a very recent one, but yeah. Um, I've seen. I, I I always look for me, look for uh, you know episodes on MX Player. Um, right. You know, once once in 10, 12 days to see everything new is coming out. So, <laughs> yeah. Mansi, tell me, how are OTT platforms changing the film and television business? You know, I, I think uh, the the change started off in a subtle manner when it started off. You know, some years back. 
I remember thinking about, you know, how there's a, there's a, you know, requirement for great strong, you know, connections in terms of bandwidth, Wi-Fi, uh, internet, et cetera, because this entire model is dependent on that. And it's been rapid, you know, it's, it started off in a subtle manner and it, you know, sort of, it has gone uh, in terms of growth, it's gone, uh, you know, unparalleled, unprecedented in that sense and unexpected because of, you know, the various connectivity uh, options that are there now across the country. Uh, film and television, I think, are here to stay for, for a long time. But I think OTT has sort of uh, been a great uh, platform or a great sort of a business model to have in a time like this where, you know, uh, for two reasons. I think both film and television have their, you know, their own limitations. All businesses do. But in terms of television, of course, there is, you know, you, you're viewing for the entire family. You're viewing not, you know, specifically at your uh, beck and call in terms of you know when you're free and I think the the freedom that the OTT space provides to any user uh, so one is freedom that comes with it and second is you know choice because you you have the ability to then not just look at fixed hours in a day you have this entire universe and world that's presented to you in terms of content uh, so uh, so it's you know in that sense in every every possible way in that sense I guess a lot more um, uh, diverse and offering a lot more than a television space can, you know, because of its uh, because of its infrastructure and you know limitations. Uh, film, I think, you know, is is fantastic, and it's I I personally am a big fan of the big screen and you know cinema and you know theater, and we've all grown up on that. So I wish, uh, you know, I mean, I like to believe that nothing will ever sort of take that space, and I don't think it will in, in eventually when things settle down. But I think we find ourselves in a time when film and theaters, et cetera, are all, you know, sort of have come into the effect and impact of everything that's, uh, you know, been happening because of COVID and our pandemic, et cetera. So in that sense, you see a lot of that uh, content now being pushed onto OTT. And you know that that's at least one way that you can reach out to the same number of people, if not more, um, that, that you were trying to do in terms of the big screen. So it's, I think it's got a great combination of, you know, the diversity of, uh, of all the content that's possible, languages, et cetera. And at the same time, it borrows, you know, from various mediums and takes, puts all of that together. And then you have literally this, uh, you know, uh, massive treasure chest of content in that sense, which is so customized to you as an individual. You know? Fascinating. So, you know, as the person who's responsible for content creation, what do you look for uh, in a story before you accept it? So, you know, I do a lot of, I, I head acquisitions for MX and I do a lot of content which is already, uh, you know, made. And uh, at some points, yes, we do look at some some stories, essentially, for example, Ashram was made by our original content team. But in terms of a lot of the other content that we do, uh, we look for, you know, I personally look for relevance and stickiness. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see content, you know, uh, you know, who you're buying it for. So what I look for today for the MX audience will be different from what I look for, let's say, if I'm in another company tomorrow or another mm -hmm. audience. So I think any acquisition person or content person looks for, for any, you know, story or piece of content with a very acute lens. You're looking for it not because you like it. You're looking for it because you know that 70 million people that are on your platform may or may not like it. You know? So that's the lens that, that I see. And so often I see things and it's tempting, you know, to kind of go for something. And then you realize, no, this is what I like, but this, this isn't my audience, you know. Yeah. So what I look for, therefore, is the relevance and match with the right fit with the audience that we have. Uh, and what they currently like is, I mean, it's it's interesting because it's, you know, a lot of uh, we have a lot of male audiences. They like a lot of stories which are, you know, there, there's crime, there's thriller, there's drama, 
essentially i think you know stories that are that are engaging interesting and you know the one thing that is there is is stories that are not sort of very slow as, as at least when they open up you know when they start and i think everyone leads busy lives and mm-hmm. entertainment ott mx where it becomes an escape you want to kind of you know jump into something and uh, you know the unfolding of that if it takes too long i see a bit of a impatient behavior there so i think i look for that as well in terms of how it's unfolding uh, stories wise i mean we look for very diverse stories right now we're actually looking at content from all over the world mm-hmm. moving content you know so it's also an audience that lap that's lapping up a lot of different kinds of stories so it's not just you know indian content we're doing turkish and korean chinese you know ukrainian um so at the end of the day i think a good story from any part of the world i i see that working and resonating as long as it's in the right language mm. and uh, i was also looking at your platform and i was surprised obviously people are now willing to accept multiple languages which are dubbed yes yeah it's in fact dubbed content mm. you know we started off with dubs being just just within our country we used to take movies from the south dub them and you know show them in 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 hindi languages and then we started doing that with shows and we started seeing traction from you know tamil to hindi telugu to hindi vice versa and like i mentioned now it's uh, it's it's universal you know stories from any part of the world uh, of course i mean it's tougher to to translate certain things if they're completely set in a mm-hmm. in a in a you know sort of a culture which is very alien but i think more and more the world is becoming smaller and you know stories are uh, conveying emotions that are universal you know mm-hmm. relationships or or struggles or challenges and those bring people together no matter where the story is coming from mm-hmm. so you see that uh, you know sort of working very well and dubs therefore play the most massive role you know because at the end of the day you're still being able to hear something in your language uh, and you're relating to some story in another part of the world but you know human lives in that sense are pretty sort of uh, connected with the kinds of things that have challenges that are being faced uh, you know where um, where they do connect with emotions uh, relationships uh, you know cultural things uh, to a great extent as well so uh, you know uh, my next question to you is that from the time you take a decision to uh, acquire uh, a series yeah uh, or a story how much time does it take to be able to launch it you know um from the time that we acquire i would say it's it's you know it would depend on of course the, you know we have legalities and you look at paperwork and that always takes time but i would say a minimum a month um maximum i think within 4 to 6 months we try and make sure that it's out there because you don't want to you know delay it beyond a certain point but at least a month is needed you want to prep for it we also have you know a lot of communication that we put out there in terms of marketing in terms of getting you know uh, the content familiar and uh, there is a lot of uh, choice as well you know that's there with the audiences so you got to do your work Yep. it's not just about the acquisition of the content itself you know all of the support that you want to make out there and break through the clutter uh, wherever possible to to you know communicate that this is coming out so it, that needs at least uh, a month if not more interesting so uh, a follow up question is that you know what are your thoughts on uh, so much competition in the ott platforms yeah i i think for now and i think any emerging markets and you know early stages which is what i think you know we're still at and i mean we've begun a few years back competition is great mm-hmm. it's healthy i think it keeps us all on our toes uh, you know you are you're not compromising there is no monopoly where you know you're you're uh, sort of uh, 
fooling an audience and just providing substandard product i think it keeps you uh, it keeps the quality high because you're you know constantly trying to make things better not that a not that an individual solo player or two wouldn't do that but i think the natural instinct then is a lot more it's sharper you know when there's so much competition um do i think it last probably not you know i i think eventually uh, too many players in a market always end up you know sort of uh, consolidating at some point there would be buyouts there would be you know some sort of coming together collaborations but this stage is is good as is because it's still an early stage and you know there is a lot of content and a lot of writing that's you know never been seen before in this country stories that are new all of that wouldn't be happening if we didn't have so many players so i think it's a great thing you know that it's there right now that is so that cool. is so my next question is that you know there is a lot of uh, noise about regulating ott platforms yeah yeah i'd love to get your perspective on this you know it's uh, it's it's interesting because regulation has been part of our culture and territory and I, you know a lot stronger maybe than than many others um since decades and i remember the exact same same cycle and stage that we you know had when uh, when television came about you know there was there was an openness and then at some point you know there was a recognition of the fact that there needs to be some sort of a governance here and it happened and we're back you know uh, to the same similar stage again in ott right now uh, i think ott is probably more sensitive to it because the power of you know being able to speak to any individual customized directly you know i i today can see something in my version because i have made a choice mm-hmm. you know it, it will offer choices to me specifically because mansi wants to see this uh it 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 gives you bigger freedom and therefore you want to do more as a content provider you want to provide better things uh i think it's a balance uh i i do believe that a certain you know sensitivity is probably important uh in spite of you know everything being uh, customized and you know that you know is it an adult watching or is it a child watching is it you know uh, which which ethnic group etc there may be sensitivities there so i think a certain certain limited amount is 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 probably um good but i i think that's where it's it's the tight rope and it's a fine balance i think it's very easy to err on the side of being wrong over there because i think you tend to overdo it and you know perspectives can be great they can be you know they can be sort of uh debatable and in that sense i think it's a tricky thing it needs to be really sort of uh, done in a manner which doesn't kill the entire uh, you know new model new business and it's not just about the business it does the fact that people do want to watch you know interesting content and diverse content so to bring them back to the same you know sort of um, limited closed environment where you know they're then again pirating content and watching things from the other side of the world because they're not getting interesting enough stories here would be a disservice to our own business to our own country so uh yeah i i think a limited amount of it is 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 healthy again it's good but i do believe that we tend to overdo uh, you know uh, snp and regulation i hope that it gets controlled you know we're seeing a lot of senior stars from bollywood are now beginning to come onto the ott platforms and you know some really outstanding shows are coming um, I, i wanted your views is this trend likely to continue or will it stop after the pandemic no i i think it's likely to continue uh-huh. certainly likely to continue i think it began way before the pandemic if i have to sort of really mm-hmm. put a date on it and you know you would you would have first at least recall wise i remember kevin spacey in our house of cards you know you, yeah. you i think it would have begun in some other part maybe but you know i think acting or actors you know 
want to do different things and beyond the film there is a world here which is offering again you know a whole new diverse range of stories uh, there is no reason logical reason to not do it and i think actors that want to do you know sort of greater roles and more complex stories would recognize that and are recognizing that and seeing that so i think it's uh, it's symbiotic in nature you know audiences want to see these actors you know beyond the film uh, world mm-hmm. as well and 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 web shows or digital series in that sense are the a huge in consumption they're the bread and butter in that sense right now in terms mm-hmm. of the number and volumes of minutes that are getting consumed in just in that format mm-hmm. um and uh, you know it's a great thing that actors are also recognizes re- recognizing the you know sort of vastness of this and the potential and depth of this because um like i said there is no reason to not do it the only thing is yes of course uh you know mostly the film world has a certain kind of commercial you know value which which the web space is not yet in so that always becomes a balancing rope even for otts when you want to get a big star onto you know onto the platform but i think with stories being strong you know with with uh, with uh, a strong director writer etc you do draw audiences uh, as well as talent Mm. Yeah, which would want to be a part of uh, that project and i think that's just going to be more and more not not less interesting so let me now move to uh, another section of our conversation for someone who handles such amazing content and keep bringing it out uh, you know repeatedly to the audience my question to you is what are some of the core values you believe in 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 a very broad sense uh, you know i would say i would say integrity um I, I think that that travels across uh, any domain, you know, professional, personal. You know, it's it's a core to me in my personal sort of uh, way of operating as well. I mm-hmm. I do believe in that and uh, tenacity. I think that's something very personal to me. I'm not somebody who gives up very easily. I would, you know, not uh, you know, I would not sort of. Um, Uh, easily uh, give up on something which is challenging or an endeavor which i'm trying to complete uh, so yeah integrity and tenacity would be i mean of course there are many things that inspire you to kind of constantly push and do things but these two things are big uh, in, in my my sort of my very very interesting so my next question is that from where you stand today what does success mean to mansi you know i i uh, I often think about this uh, this because success in the traditional sense can mean so many things different to you know it could be mm. you know in terms of careers or monetary or uh you know recognition and um, you know being being uh, being rewarded awarded but I think success to me has a lot to do with balance and happiness mm-hmm. uh, you you know I I think with with uh, with the way i look at things it's it's important to you know the the well-being of a of an individual to mansi if this is since last year the well-being of an individual which can be which can be along with the growth you know i think growth without growth or any achievement without uh, well-being happiness you know a personal balance uh, is incomplete it's almost hollow you know that i i don't believe in that kind of growth and i think it doesn't it's not sustainable and it's not complete you know so success to me therefore if i had to say just one word would be balance okay okay and i've got time for two more questions for you so my next question to you is that if you mansi were a role model to millions of children who closely followed you and your life choices what is the one thing you would change in yourself that's a very good question ashutosh uh it's uh i if i were a role model to millions of children um i'd say i would change my appetite of taking risk you know like risk taking appetite and and bold boldness and confidence in that sense you know i mean confidence again you know you 
of course, I'm confident in, in the common sense of the word, but I mean confidence of a level where you're bold enough to make mistakes, you know, do more things which could go wrong, you know, to have the ability to walk out, uh, walk away into the, you know, sort of uh, less, less traveled path or road. I, I would do that because I think that at that age and for children, I think the ability to do things without really thinking through overthinking and, you know, uh, sort of being out there, going out on a limb uh, instead of being cautious. Uh, I, I am a cautious person uh, by nature. I would I would do that. I would change that about myself. Uh, take more risks, be more bold, uh, you know, sort of put, uh, put more uh, things out there. Terrific. And my last question to you, and this is a question on failure. I've often said that parents in India or South Asia don't teach children it's okay to fail. It's yeah. always come first in class, go to the head of the line, etc. And yet we fail. Yeah. yeah. My question to you is what have been some of your learnings from some of your mistakes? Quite quite a few, actually. I I maybe, maybe, you know, and you're right about you know the culture that we're in and parents and failing, uh, you know, it's taken very seriously and it's taken in a very different way. I think I was blessed in that sense to have. A different sort of a support system with with my failures um, but two three things one i've realized a failure feels like a failure only temporarily and so many times you see that failure and in hindsight in retrospect that failure seems to have given birth to something new it seems to have been the key to a new door it opens up something new and then you you look back and you realize that if you hadn't failed you probably wouldn't have chosen the the second option or the new path so you know, uh, at the point in time, the failure seems, you know, like a catastrophe, or it seems enormous. Um, I've learned that time really makes you see things, and the same failure could literally be your, your, you know, passport to a new, new universe. That's one thing. Second thing, um, you know, I, I think uh, th there is this again. I mean, our elders say it a lot. You know, whatever happens, happens for the best. I, I try and also sort of remember that because. With failures, that's the other thing I've realized that, you know, I guess a version of what I was saying earlier, that it ends up still being something that you've achieved in, in even if it's in a more roundabout way or even if you don't see it uh, immediately, you know. Um, one of my things I think I've learned just as a aside, you know, in terms of things is is uh, from my mistakes would be that um, to, to give things time, you know, I think knee-jerk reactions or thinking, thinking off the, you know, bat very quickly sometimes has led to, you know, uh, decisions or things which may not be ideal, you know, I, I think uh, uh, that's one of the things that I've learned from my failures that, that to give, to give it rest, to give it time, to give it a pause. And sometimes just that time and pause brings about a solution, brings about a resolution that you, you wouldn't see otherwise, you know. So that's something um, I've definitely learned from my... Fantastic. Yeah. Mansi, thank you so much. It has been such a pleasure speaking to you. Thank you for taking me through literally a 101 of the OTT platform and helping me understand so many nuances of it. No, absolute, absolute pleasure chatting with you, Ashutosh. Thank, Thank you. you. And good luck and all the Thank best. You. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter.
just search for the brand called you